Welcome to the Golden Hills Podcast, where our church leaders have conversations to encourage and equip you in topics surrounding culture, theology, and the kingdom of God. Now, here's today's show. Welcome to the Golden Hills Podcast. I'm your host, Vinny, and today we're going to continue in our mailbag series and look at some of the questions that you guys have sent in over the past year. Uh, Today, in our mailbag series, we actually have a, a new guest. And so welcome to the podcast, Bo Lee. Hey, thanks, Vinny. Yeah, good to be with you today. Yeah, so you guys might have heard his name. Some of you might have actually met him because I think uh, Bo you and Cindy did a meet and greet a while ago. But Bo is yeah. actually on staff now. Uh, you're kind of my boss. I don't know. I need to look at the org chart. <laughs> I don't know. I don't know you're, you're the boss of everyone, I think, in a sense. You're my <laughs> I, boss. I wouldn't uh, go there. Yeah. But what, what is your actual title? Yeah, so I'm, I'm the executive pastor of Global Outreach and Equipping. So part of that is taking over what was Brian Beekhouse's job. So we, yeah. we call our missions yeah. department Global Outreach. So you oversee that. And then equipping, uh, d- describe what that means. Yeah, so we're, we're just, uh, we're trying, it's, it's a new position. We're looking at how can we, uh, as a staff, uh, equip the saints for the work of the ministry. So we're looking at, um, yeah, how can we develop a culture where uh, where we're equipping our, our church members, our staff's not the one, not uh, the sole responsibility for doing the work in ministry doesn't lie on the staff. The staff's job is to equip the saints for the work of the ministry. How can we do that? How can we build in the culture, the systems, the structure to be able to do that and do, do it well? Uh, so those are the things that, um, yeah, we're, we're, there's a lot of good things that are happening. We're trying to fan those flames and see, see what else can be built in uh, to see some of those things happen at Golden Hills and in our community. Yeah. And that's been fun working with you for the last, yeah. how, how long have you even been up here now? About six weeks. Okay. Yeah. Five, yeah. Five or six and weeks, you jumped yeah. in feet, not even feet first, head first. <laughs> yeah. Head first. Definitely. Yeah. Felt like I was thrown in. Yeah. But it's, yes. it's been good. Yeah. It's been, it's, it's been great. We've met a lot of great people and it's, it does, it goes fast. Um, but it's a, uh, yeah, I've enjoyed it. Yeah. Yeah. And, and you're a winner in my book. Cause yesterday morning we had a meeting and you brought donuts. So. Hey, that's... you gotta, you gotta, you gotta know you got to know how to work a room. So sometimes donuts, sometimes donuts help. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. And, and it wasn't like the junky donuts it, you you went for uh, the good stuff. Yeah, I did. I did. That's important. I, I concur. Yeah. Um, so uh, we're going to hear more about you actually, because we're going to have you and your wife, Cindy on soon. So we'll, we'll be able to just get to know you guys. Yeah. Uh, some, some of your story will come out today, I'm sure in the topic, but we're, we're going to go through, but we're going to talk about the, the idea of persecution and uh, this is a word that's used a lot. Uh, if, if you've studied the history of the church, you know, this is something that's been there. And even in our, our modern times, uh, we could look at how persecution is definitely happening in the world. Uh, so we're going to explore some of those ideas, but then bring it down to our are Christians being persecuted today uh, and answer that and, and especially what that might look like for us. Um, but I thought just to kind of get us started. Um, Obviously, we could say the first Christian persecution would be Jesus, <laughs> um, but uh, as, as the, you know, the Messiah and as the mm. the head of the the church. But when we look at uh, Christians in terms of followers of Jesus, the disciples of Jesus, I, you know, the the first real persecution we see uh, in the biblical story is Stephen, and sure. and that's found in Acts uh, chapter seven and. This is just a great chapter in the Bible. He, uh, if you're ever like, if it's one of those things where you haven't read through the Old Testament in a while, 
uh, go to Acts chapter seven, because that's kind of giving you just even a refresher of what's happening in the in the biblical story, in the context of the gospel and what what's happening uh, there. But uh, this is picking up at verse uh, 51. So the end of the, the last uh, chunk of uh, chapter seven, Stephen says, you stiff necked people. And he's talking to the uh, the leaders of Israel uncircumcised in heart and ears. You always resist the Holy Spirit as your fathers did. So do you. Which of the prophets did your fathers not persecute? And and they killed those who announced beforehand the coming of the righteous one whom you have now betrayed and murdered. You who received the law as delivered by angels and did not keep it. Now, when they heard these things, they were enraged and they ground their teeth at him. But he, Stephen, full of the Holy Spirit, gazed into heaven and saw the glory of God and Jesus standing at the right hand of God. And he said, behold, I see the heavens opened and the son of man standing at the right hand of God. But they called out with a loud voice and stopped their ears and rushed together at him. Then they cast him out of the city and stoned him. And the witnesses laid down their garments at the feet of a young man named Saul and uh, sneak, uh, you know, spoiler alert, that's Paul. You'll read about him in the next chapter, but for 59. And as they were stoning Stephen, he called out, Lord Jesus, receive my spirit. And falling to his knees, he cried out with a loud voice, Lord, do not hold this sin against them. And when he had said this, he fell asleep. And so that's, that's probably the, you know, it's the earliest example of a Christian martyr outside of, uh, Jesus. Um, and and it's, it's, that's always captivated me as just a very beautiful story in in so many, in the, in the tragedy of it. Uh, and one of those guys where it's like, man, would I actually be like Steven in the face of, um, of that sort of tribulation, which obviously we could just point that to Jesus and say, can mm-hmm. I actually be like Jesus? Cause Jesus is just right. being, you know, Steve, Steven's just being a, a, you know, a type of Jesus. But, um, I don't, I don't know when you became a Christian Bo, and, and we don't know your whole story, uh, yet, sure. uh, but when did the idea of like Christian persecution pop up with you? Were you familiar with stories like this or even in church history or, or how, how were you aware of how Christians were treated? Yeah. Yeah. Good question. So yeah, for me, uh, you know, I grew up in a Christian household, became, became a Christian as a, as a, as a like an older child. Um, yeah. So, you know, I grew up in, in Sunday school every week hearing the stories. I knew the story of Stephen. Um, you know, if you want to go even a couple chapters earlier, Stephen was the first martyr, but we even read about Peter and John being taken in by the, by the authorities. They were beaten um, for, for preaching uh, Christ as the, as the Messiah. And whenever they were released, they were, you know, they couldn't believe that they were found worthy to suffer dishonor for the mm-hmm. sake of the name. Um, so they, you know, they considered themselves not worthy of that, but, you know, I mean, even, uh, even back you know, learning Old Testament stories about Daniel and the lion's den, mm-hmm. Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in, in the fire. So for me, um, hearing about persecution for those who were God's people uh, in the Old Testament, you know, whether, whether that's people suffering for um, their their unwillingness to bow down to idols in the Old Testament or in, in the New Testament, their unwillingness to, um, to recant their faith in Christ. To me, that was something that happened a long time ago that happened within the pages of the Bible. And when we make it to the back of the Bible into the first century, I wasn't aware that ever happened again. It wasn't until I was older, started um, started hearing stories about things that were uh, things that were happening now. Um, you know, I grew up in, in certainly in the uh, I was a Cold War child, so we heard stories coming out about um, yeah things. You know, uh, Brother Andrew, things that were happening in places like the former Soviet Union and, and then satellite countries, Romania. You know, these there really are Christians who are being imprisoned for their faith. Some are being killed for their faith. Um, and it was later, probably college, and somebody 
I found it or somebody gave me a copy of Fox's Book of Martyrs, oh, yeah. uh, just, you know, reading just about different people who gave their lives all, all throughout the centuries. Um, yeah, going back to Boniface, I think he went into the village and cut down the sacred oak of Thor or something. And then, <laughs> so the people, people eventually turned against him with, you know, Polycarp all, all, all through the centuries. And then we read about, read about people losing their life just because they thought that people should have losing their life at the hands of people who called themselves Christians, just because they believe people should have the Bible in their mm-hmm. own language. Mm-hmm. So we started seeing, you know, Wycliffe, we started seeing people losing their lives. Uh, yeah. So all, all throughout church history is, you know, when I was older in, in my twenties, I really started to understand to read about that and, and to understand that w- what we're talking about when it comes to persecution still happens today. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, still happens in, in different parts of the world. So it took a long time to get there. Um, I'm thankful uh, that, that I realized at, at a young age that this happens and, and it, it did happen then. And that those who, it, it, to whom it happens to now, they're just following the way of the master and they're, they're doing what Jesus told them not to be surprised by uh, when, when it comes their way. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, I, I know with me, I, I grew up in the church as well. So I'm familiar with the stories, especially of the, the old Testament, uh, you know, guys that we look uh, look back towards and, and esteem and, and, you know, the valor that they showed, you know, it, you know, as being a faithful uh, person of God. Um, but it was interesting because for me, I didn't really you, you knew that guys like Paul and Peter mm-hmm. had a tough time. And you hear that, oh, 11 of the 12 disciples were sure uh, you know, this is by, you know, we don't we don't have direct uh, sources for this, but tr- tr- tradition has told us that like 11 yes. of the 12 yeah. disciples. Mm-hmm. Uh, died by means of, uh, you know, direct persecution. And John was the only one who just kind of died naturally, but even he had a rough go about and they, they sure. tried to kill yeah. him. Uh, they, mm-hmm. what is it? They tried to turn him into a human candle or something like that. I believe so. Yeah. yeah. That's, that's what the story say. Yeah. yeah. Uh, or they dropped him off buildings or something, you know, it, it, it's all, it's all tradition. But, um, I, I didn't really think that, you know, it, just in an ignorant mindset, I, I assume that this kind of just stopped and everyone, you know, yeah. I, I grew up in the Bay area in California. It's like, we didn't have issues. You kind of import your modern circumstance onto everything else and say, Oh, everything's just been fine. Yeah. Um, and I wasn't really aware of this until I started studying church history. It, it actually was before that. Cause I, I was uh, probably introduced to, uh, I read tortured for Christ. That's what it was. Yeah. Um, you know, probably 15 years ago. Yeah. And, uh, that really opened my eyes to that in, in being uh, aware of more organizations out there that were uh, being involved in what was happening in the world today. Um, International Justice Mission or, or some of those yeah. other agencies. Uh, open doors. Yeah. Open doors. Yeah, exactly. Where yeah. it's like, wow, this is actually happening now. And then it really started studying church mm-hmm. history and just realized that, wow, this is actually kind of a big deal through the history of the church. Yeah. 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 So, you know, yeah, I mean, certainly I would say I'd include Voice of the Martyrs in, in, in those those groups that are working to um, working to bring awareness. I think what, what we as, as we look historically, um, one thing that stands out is 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 what stood out even in the first century in the book of Acts is what happens as a result often of, of that persecution. And um, sometimes people talk about it and it sounds a little bit cliche even when they talk about it. But the thing is, it really happens is that when persecution happens, that the gospel spreads. Yeah. Um, and we, we, that's what we see. You mentioned the story of, of Stephen in the book of Acts in chapter seven, the command in, in Acts one, eight was that Jesus gave his followers was that they would be the Holy spirit would, uh, they would receive power when the Holy spirit comes upon them. They would be his witnesses in Jerusalem, Judea, and Samaria and the ends of the earth. But here we are for the first seven chapter, first seven chapters of Acts, you know, possibly weeks or months have gone by. They're still in Jerusalem. They're all still in Jerusalem. Nobody's gone anywhere yet. 
And then what we see immediately after in eight cha in chapter eight, verse one, right after the stoning of Stephen is there arose that day, a great persecution against the church and they were scattered and they went all throughout Judea and even into Samaria. So it, it took that persecution for them to, in, in a way, be able to carry out Jesus's instructions for them to spread the gospel other places. And so we've seen that throughout history. Is and even in, the, after, in, in Acts, you see that happen a few different times. Yeah, yeah, definitely. So that they, it always it always follows those times of persecution that uh, you know the gospel spread somewhere else. So right. and so we yeah. wouldn't say persecution is good because it's not good. It's it's evil. It's it's a result of the fallen world right. and living in the present evil age and that sorts of things. It's not good, but it's necessary and it should be expected. It certainly, yeah, certainly should be expected. There's there, there's no reason that that it shouldn't be. Um, we're reminded over and over to endure, endure suffering, endure hardship. Mm -hmm. Do not be surprised at the various and fiery trials that have come to you. Right. We, we, we read that over and over. I, I think that the thing that we need to keep in mind, and I, I think it was what they kept in mind and we should do this now is that you never walk towards persecution. Mm -hmm. You never think, Ooh, let's go find some persecution today. That'd be a good thing to hunt down. Nobody in their right mind would ever do that. What you do instead is, is you turn your back, um, on ease, you turn your back on comfort and you walk away from those things. You walk away from ease. You walk away from a comfortable life of, you know, quietly doing the bare minimum and serving however, however you want, you want to say it, you turn your back on those things, an easy life. And then the persecution usually ends up finding you, but it's not that you're turning toward that and walking towards that intentionally. It's that you're walking away from the ease and the comfort and this, um, this whole idea of, I'll look, I've got plenty. I'm going to tear down my barn and build a bigger barn, mm -hmm. right? You know, this whole this whole idea idea that we we walk away from that, and then we usually end up right where the Lord wants us to be, which for many people throughout history and across the world has been right in the middle of persecution. And this is especially that's I think that's such a good point, because when you look at the early church, especially they were trying to figure a lot of stuff out. They were trying to figure out what it looked like to be a follower of Jesus. How do you take his command seriously? Uh, the, the Jesus ethic that he instilled, uh, you know, in, in places like the Sermon on the Mount. How do you actually live that out? And this actually becomes a, a point of. I'm not going to say contention, but they're, they're trying to figure out what this looks like. And so you see early Christians, you know, after the Bible, you see in the early second century and moving for those mm -hmm. first couple hundred years, they're doing things like, like trying to figure out if they should actually be serving in militaries. If, if, you know, exactly. how, how yeah. seriously should they be taking pacifism? Um, mm -hmm. And, and I don't th think there's a clear cut ethic that was drawn from them, but you definitely see in the early, in the writings of the early Christians, like they're trying to figure out what this means and they, they very much took it seriously. And so to mm -hmm. your point, they're not causing conflict. They're not being abrasive. They're not bringing on persecution, um, which I think we see that happen a lot in, in our modern time where someone, uh, you know, claims to be persecuted, but really it's like, no, you were just kind of being a jerk <laughs> and you're just reaping yeah. the, uh, the, the, the reward <laughs> of your actions. Uh, but yeah. what you see there is they're, they're seriously trying to say, Hey, how can we live in a way that is truly being salt and light to the world? Yeah. And, yeah. and because of that, they had negative effects that happened. I think, I think it's exactly right. I think Peter, when Peter's writing in first Peter chapter four, and this, I mentioned to, you know, alluded to it a moment ago, beloved, don't be surprised at the fire trial when it comes upon you to test you as though something strange were happening, but rejoice. in so far as you share Christ's sufferings, we may talk about that in a minute that you may also rejoice and be glad when his glory is revealed. If you're insulted for the name of Christ, you're blessed because the spirit of glory and of God rests upon you. But here's what you were just talking about. But let none of you suffer as a murderer or a thief or an evildoer. We think, yeah, of course. But then he puts one more word in there or as a meddler. Mm -hmm. So sometimes we, sometimes we want to meddle. We want to, um, we want to provoke 
and then and then trouble comes our way and we think oh this is for the sake of christ sometimes it's no it's because you provoked way too much you 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 meddled um so uh yeah yet if anyone suffers as a christian peter says let him not be ashamed but let him glorify god in that name mm -hmm. so um yeah i think uh, sometimes we do uh we get a wrong idea of suffering we think that um we think it's a it's a badge that we should aim for and for some reason it it brings a certain level of, of credibility. Uh, so let's, let's poke, let's, let's poke the bear. Let's push the buttons. We got to push so that some trouble, not too much trouble, but just a little bit of trouble will come our way so that we can wear that like a badge. I think, I think Paul and Peter, I think, uh, you know, I think the saints throughout the centuries would, would, they, they'd be grossed out by that. I think that, you know, we, you know, that that's what we want to do. So let's bring a little bit of trouble our way just so we can say, Hey, look what happened to us. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's interesting too, just to kind of maybe to correct a misnomer. And I know that, uh, I, I kind of had this idea, you know, you see movies of the, uh, the, the, you know, first couple centuries of Rome and, and, you know, you see the Colosseum and you have this idea yeah. that like uh, Christians were constantly being persecuted and every day was, uh, you know, it was just nonstop, like all out war and Christians. It's interesting because when you study early church history, it actually wasn't as widespread as we think it was. Uh, there yeah. definitely was always some sort of sense of persecution, but it would ebb and flow. Uh, but oftentimes it was more localized to a certain region. Yeah. It was dependent on a certain emperor who was in power at the time and what they wanted to do. Uh, there, there was times where you might have a couple generations of Christians living in a community, not experiencing any sort of uh, mm -hmm. persecution or, or, or issue. Um, it was really not until the, you know, two fifties ish, to the you know early 300s where you really st started seeing a, a worse sense of persecution happening at the church and then this culminated yeah. in what Constantine was able to do in christianizing the empire which was good and bad <laughs> that's mm -hmm. that's yeah. probably another uh, <laughs> class um it's another but, podcast yeah. yeah exactly uh it's funny because anyone who likes history is like oh this is cool and then you get the people who are like oh i'm checking out i just want to hear bible verses <laughs> but um but that's but fine. it's it's good to know that are, there is a, a strong sense of persecution that has happened, but mm -hmm. we also don't want to over project and assume that like the first 300 years of the church were just constant nonstop ethnic cleansing of Christians because uh, it wasn't like that. Uh, right. And so that's just kind of a misnomer that I know when I learned it was like, oh, that's that kind of goes against what I had always uh, learned. <laughs> yeah. Uh, the perception I had. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, I definitely would co-sign that idea. I, I, I think, too, just even even looking throughout history there. I mean, there have been you know, there've been massive, there've been periods with just massive widespread, uh, you know, sweeps roundup of, of, of Christians who've been, you know, led off to slaughter. And then that's followed by a couple decades of, of, uh, quiet, you know? Um, yeah. So it's, it's, it, it definitely happens to be, yeah, it's not like it's, yeah, just what you're saying. It has, it's not, um, not monolithic, uh, yeah. you know? Yeah. But by any sense, it, it, it comes and goes. And, you know, really, I, at the end of the day, everything is local. Um, so it's it, it takes a local local authorities, local police, local, uh, you know, religious leaders of, of, an, of an opposing religion who have to carry this out. Um, so it's, it, it's always going to it's always going to be done locally. Um, so, yeah, you what what might happen in, in one, you know, one Roman province, you might not be able to do that in another Roman province. And the same is true with one Chinese province and, and another Chinese province today. So yeah. it's, it's, it's the same. Yeah. Everything's, 
yeah, that's, that's a good perspective to take. I think you're right about that. Yeah, for sure. So when we start looking at today, well, first we could just establish that yes, Christians have been persecuted literally from the time of Jesus Um, Mm -hmm. and and the early church. This is something that they did experience. They have experienced. Uh, This is something that Jesus warned us about uh, that, you know, you will suffer for the cause of Mm -hmm. Christ Um, and, and the suffering that, you know, the tribulations that they will experience that, that, that Jesus talked about, um, it's not mere, it's not merely the evil that exists because we live in a fallen world. Um, yes, we're going to, uh, suffer physical issues. We're going to have cancer. We're going to have, um, you know, death. We're going to have these sorts of things. Those are just the trials of living in a fallen world. When, when Jesus talks about, um, this kind of suffering, it's, it's literally suffering for the gospel. And that's a, yeah. that's a separate kind of suffering that is talked about when, when it talks about tribulation or persecution. Yeah. That's, that, that's, that's, I was hoping you were going to talk about that. That's, that's probably the most important distinction to make um, is, is there, now when Peter in first Peter, when he talks about it, he's, he's talking about suffering. He's including persecution in that. Mm-hmm. I, I think all, all persecution is suffering. Not all suffering is persecution. Yeah. Um, there, there, you know, people suffer. Um, our world is suffering from COVID-19 right now. Mm-hmm. We, 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 we suffer from illness. We suffer from famine. Uh, we suffer from, um, uh, you know, around the world, I'm not, I'm not necessarily speaking to our current thing, but people around the world suffer from poor decisions made by bad governments. Yes. Um, we, we, we suffer from, um, all sorts of hatred towards one another. We suffer from crime. We suffer from poverty, uh, Christians and non-Christians alike suffer from those things. Um, when a, when a missionary goes, uh, goes to a place and they, um, they pick up cholera, um, you know, just looking at some historical oh, cholera still exists today, but looking at some historical examples, when a missionary picks up cholera, uh, if the local people who are not Christians also suffer from cholera, that's suffering, but that's not persecution. Mm-hmm. I, th- I think persecution is, is, is clearly the intentional act of, of one person. Uh, it's, it's an act of hostility towards uh, another person or a group of people. So obviously we think about religious persecution, which has throughout the centuries, and not, it hasn't only happened to Christians as mm-hmm. we see, you know, like, like every religious group has experienced persecution at some point excuse me, different ethnic racial groups, they also experience persecution, but I think we have to look at it. It's a subset of suffering. That's an, an intentional act on, on the part of a person or a group of people towards another person or group of people on the basis of something. Um, so I, I, especially as we talk about persecution, I think we need to be clear. Um, just for me, just, you know, working on, on the mission field all those years, it, it, it occurred to me like, okay, I'm, you know, missionaries who suffer illness. Well, the local people are suffering illness as well. So that's not persecution for the sake of Christ. That's, that's suffering with the people among the people. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's, uh, missionaries, missionaries who, who, who enter, you know, who die, enter their home in glory as a result of, of a car accident. You know, does that make them a martyr? I, I don't know. People die in car accidents all the time. Mm-hmm. Certainly they receive their eternal reward and, and we're, we're we praise God for their service and, and, and the way he used them. But I, I, we have to be very careful when we talk about what is persecution and what's not persecution or else everything becomes persecution, which I think if, if we're turning the conversation towards what we see now in, in, in the world in 2021, it's easy for us to say, oh, everything that I'm suffering is persecution, but it's not always. Well, hey, that wraps up part one of this mailbag episode on persecution. Come back next week as Bo and I finish our conversation on this topic. We hope today's episode was a blessing to you. Please make sure to look up and subscribe to the Golden Hills podcast in your favorite podcast app like Spotify, 
Google Play, or Apple Podcasts. And of course, you can always find us on the web at www.goldenhills.org. We hope you'll visit with us again next time.